When it comes to air quality, the bad news is that wildfires and air pollution have really degraded the quality of our air. But the good news is that we're all realizing that the quality of our air, and particularly the quality of our indoor air, is really darn important. I'm so excited to tell you about Puro Air because in 30 minutes, this device will remove allergens, dust, smoke, and gases from your room. It uses a stronger type of filter called a HEPA-14, and it filters pollutants at a microscopic level. I keep my Puro Air running upstairs where the bedrooms are all night. I love that it's quiet. Cleaner air just hits different, doesn't it? Check out everything Puro Air has to offer at getpuroair.com. That's G-E-T-P-U-R-O-A-I-R.com. One more time for the people in the back, getpuroair.com. I'm Stephanie Safarian, and this is episode 93. You are listening to the Sustainable Minimalist Podcast, a show about living simply and sustainably with your family. Here's your host, Stephanie Safarian. Hello there and welcome back. Today I am outlining in seven steps exactly how I feed my family three meals a day, 21 meals per week. Now you have heard about meal planning on this podcast before. It was episode 38 with guest Stacey Ducharme. If you haven't listened to that episode yet, you should as it's a great starting point to what we're talking about today. In the past year since recording that episode with Stacy, I have incorporated her tips into my own kitchen, I've tweaked them to fit my life, and I've updated her method to reflect my low-plastic, eco-friendly principles. That's what we're getting into today. Now, first things first, why did I even start meal planning and prepping? Well, the short answer is that what I was doing wasn't working. Feeding my family took way more mental energy than it needed to. Dinners weighed on me. The longer answer here is that my family was spending much more money than we should have on eating out. And we were resorting to eating out because I had failed to properly plan for the week's meals. My husband and I had also put on a couple pounds and we're pretty diligent about exercising. So I found myself wondering whether those extra pounds were due to the extra calories we were eating from eating too much takeout. So that's the why. Next up is the how. Today's episode is packed with information and you may need to listen to this episode twice. No judgment if that's you. Or you can check out this week's show notes, which has everything we're talking about today. You can find them at mamaminimalist.com forward slash 093. That's M-A-M-A minimalist.com forward slash 093. Now there is an eco tip from a fellow listener at the end of this episode, so be sure to stick around for that as well. All right, so I have been planning and prepping my meals the Stephanie Safarian way for four months now. And in the four months, I've really honed in my skills and I have found four benefits that I never really even knew were possible. So really quick, I'm gonna go through these four benefits. The first one is I save time in the long run. I make one big mess in my kitchen at the start of the week and then I clean up that one big mess just one time instead of seven times. If I need one onion in two different meals for the week, that's two onions. 
chopping two onions at the same time saves myself on the cleanup of two separate onion cleanups. So you know how like chopping up an onion into little dice, you get onion everywhere, you have to wash the cutting board, wash the knife, you have to wipe down the counter. You're only doing that once if you're chopping up those two onions for two different dishes at the same time. And that five minutes here, five minutes there, that extra time really does add up. And I find myself having more time to spend doing the things I love, like working on this podcast and hanging out with my family. Another benefit that I never knew could exist is that I'm making far fewer trips to the grocery store. These days, I only go to the grocery store one time per week, and that is life-changing for me. I used to stop in here, run by there. I was wasting so much precious time at the grocery store because I wasn't adequately planning for the week. I was also spending more money than necessary at the grocery store because you never go to the grocery store and just buy one thing, right? We'll talk more about the money benefit in a minute. Benefit number three is that I am drastically reducing the amount of food I waste because I'm eating what I already have. When you meal plan successfully, you plan around what you already have and what needs to be eaten. Finally, benefit number four is I'm saving some serious money. If you are wondering whether meal planning saves money, the answer is heck yes. I have saved the receipts from my last four grocery trips, so the last month of meal planning, and I added them up, divided by four. The average amount my family spends on groceries to feed my family of four per week is $208.33. Now, depending on where you live in the world, $208.33 for a week's worth of groceries may sound like a lot of money, or it may sound like a little bit of money. If it sounds like a lot to you, know that I only buy organic food. I've said before on this podcast, I do not skimp at the supermarket. I believe it's crazy that we in America complain about food costs, yet we have no problem dropping $400 on a handbag. I believe personally, and this is just me, but I believe that the place to spend the money is on the food we put in our bodies as opposed to the the flair we put on our bodies. So that's me. So if the number sounds high, I'm buying premium stuff. I'm buying the organic stuff. If $208 sounds like a little bit of money, not, not nearly enough to feed a family of four, know that we are a vegetarian household. So I'm not buying the meats and the fish, which are traditionally high price tag items. So for me, the number is $208.33. If I divide that number out between the 21 meals in a seven-day week, that's $9.90 per meal or $2.47 per person per meal. $2.47. I do not know of a restaurant that serves meals for $2.47. If you do, send me a DM. I'd like to try it out. So yes, meal planning saves money. I hope I have convinced you to at least try meal planning and prepping. And if I haven't convinced you, I hope I have at least piqued your interest because now we're going to move right into how I do it. This is the seven steps. Step one is to find a quiet place. For me in my crazy life, finding a quiet place and finding 30 minutes of uninterrupted time is key. 
I cannot concentrate properly when I have my two daughters jumping and running and whooping and dancing and fighting around me as I'm trying to meal plan. I either do my planning when they're asleep or when they're at school or when they are otherwise entertained for 30 whole minutes. That's step one. Easy, right? Or maybe not so easy, depending on your life. Step two is to gather your supplies. Take out a few cookbooks, but not all of them, just a few. Take out your recipes. Have your phone or computer nearby. If you're like me, maybe you use Pinterest to pin recipes that are looking quite tasty. Have your Pinterest on hand. Have also a pad of paper and a pencil too, and make sure that pencil has an eraser. Step three is to peruse the contents of your refrigerator, your freezer, and your pantry. Now, Stacey Ducharme in episode 38 famously said that she keeps a running list of all the items in her freezer and crosses them off as they're eaten. I'm not suggesting that. That was a little too crazy for my life. It was too hard to keep track of. I am suggesting, however, that you know what you have. Open the drawers of the fridge. Shake the milk carton. Check and see how many eggs are actually still in that carton. Move things around so you miss nothing and know what you already have on hand. This is a big step in saving some money. Step number four is where we get into the actual work, and it is to plan your weekly meals, and you start with planning your dinners. Dinner, by far, is the hardest meal to plan for, and that's because it's usually the most complicated. Choose seven dishes, one for each night of the week. And when I say seven, choose those seven with intention. So here are some tips for planning your weekly dinners. Choose easiest meals that you know your family will eat. You know the acronym K-I-S-S, keep it simple, stupid. I say that with love. Make simple recipes with five-ish ingredients or less because fewer ingredients, that means your meal is cheaper, healthier, uses less plastic, and is less time-consuming. So choose easy meals. If you're feeling adventurous and if you really do love to cook, choose just one moderately time-consuming recipe. Just one. Don't go overboard. Save those adventurous recipes for times when you have dinner parties or holidays. Don't attempt to cook some gourmet thing on a Thursday night. You're setting yourself up for unnecessary stress. Another tip here in step four is to plan meals that use the ingredients you already have. So you already know what you have because you already looked in the fridge. That was step three. This is how you save money and this is how you reduce food waste. This is how you save on plastic too because you're not buying things that you don't need and wasting more packaging. So if you have a head of broccoli, let's say, in your crisper and it's looking a bit wilted, Go on and write that down as your side vegetable for Monday night so that you make sure it's eaten. Don't buy another vegetable when you already have one, right? And make sure you write down broccoli on Monday night because if you don't, and if you're like me, you're going to forget about it. Another tip here, this is Stacy Ducharme's tip. I took this and I ran with it. It is to make your busy night your crockpot night. For me and my life, on Wednesdays, my daughter has dance class, and we return home at 6.15 p.m. 
6.15 p.m. is past dinner time for us. So Wednesdays are not the night for me to make a meal. It's not even the night for me to heat up a meal that's already made. Wednesday is the crockpot night every week. And if you have a night like that, maybe you make that your crockpot or your instant pot night and make it a non-negotiable night on your meal plan. Another tip here is to make one night leftover night with a little planning. Perhaps you don't have enough leftovers to feed everybody in your family. That is often the case in my house because my daughter and my husband take leftovers for lunch. We'll talk about that later. If you have some leftovers that you don't want to go to waste, have a leftovers night on your meal plan, but also have a backup. So for me, a backup looks as simple as having frozen ravioli in the freezer that I can easily take out and cook up in 10 minutes if I need it. So have a leftover night on that schedule, but also have a backup just in case. You don't want hungry family, hangry family. (laughs) Another tip in step five when you're planning your weekly meals is to make bulk bin staples the center of your meal. So what on earth is a bulk bin staple? If you've never checked out the bulk bins before, bulk bin staples are pasta, rice, lentils, and dried beans. This is where and this is how you're going to significantly cut back on your packaging waste. Don't be afraid of those bulk bins. If you've never shopped a bulk bin before, fake it until you make it. Walk up boldly and pretend you own that bulk bin. One of the first times I tried bulk bin shopping, this is this is not a joke. This is my real life. I spilled green lentils all over the floor and there was this elderly man next to me. He witnessed the whole thing. I stupidly met his gaze and he just raised his eyebrow at me and he just simply said, ouch. (laughs) I'll never forget it. Your first bulk bin experience will not be as bad as mine. Just trust me on that. So just walk up, walk up to it boldly. Pretend you know exactly what you're doing and fill your container like you've done it a million times before. Now, the key here, if your goal is package-free meals, the key is to go to a store that you know allows you to bring your containers from home. So call ahead and ask. The Whole Foods near me, I'm using Whole Foods as an example because I know it's a national chain. Whole Foods near me no longer allows me to bring my own jars from home. They instead give out these flimsy plastic containers with plastic lids that I have to use for sanitary reasons. Now, if you're asking yourself what on earth is the point of putting bulk bin food in more plastic containers, there's no purpose. It's so silly. It's so contradictory. I get around this when I go to Whole Foods by just quietly reusing the same plastic containers over and over again and just changing the sticker that I put on top with the item code on it. And I do this until those containers break. I don't call attention to it. I don't shout it from the rooftops that I'm reusing the containers. I just do it very quietly, very discreetly. And I get mm, maybe four or five, if I'm lucky and really careful with these containers, I get six uses out of them. So it enables me to save some waste by reusing the containers. Now, when I get home, I'm not storing my lentils or my beans in those plastic containers. I'm very carefully taking my food out of those containers, and I'm storing them in airtight containers. Don't keep them in the plastic. 
Another tip here with bulk bands is to go on with your bad self and buy your spices from the bulk bin. Don't buy your spices in those plastic or glass jars. Buy them in smaller quantities and buy them in bulk. Your spices will be more potent this way and they will be so much cheaper. Now, cheap spices are good. What's what's better than cheap is free. Grow some herbs on your deck or on your fire escape or in a sunny window. Dry them. Now you have the truly plastic-free frugal option. So those are my tips for planning your dinners. After you've tackled the dinners, you're going to plan your breakfast and lunch, and you're going to find breakfast and lunch to be super simple. In my house, planning breakfast is easy. I know I need to have eggs on hand. I need to have mini bagels. I need to have oatmeal, cheese, orange juice, bananas, and coffee for me. That's all I need. Breakfast is simple. I usually have three options. My kids choose what they want, and that's that. Lunches are similarly simple. Whoa, similarly simple. That's a tongue twister, but there we go. Similarly simple because lunches are usually dinner's leftovers. My daughter, my five-year-old daughter has a thermos and she takes warm leftovers to school for lunch every single day. She also takes pantry staples like olives and raisins. So I just need to make sure I have those on hand. If I don't, they go on the list. If I do, great. My husband, for his lunch, he either takes leftovers or a sandwich, so I know I need to have bread on that list and sliced cheese, etc. Now, after you have comprehensively meal planned, pat yourself on the back, take a deep breath, sit back, relax. The hard part is done. You should have in front of you a comprehensive meal plan of your dinners for that week. We are moving right along to step five. Once you have your dinners written down, you're going to make your shopping list. Take the extra time here to double check what you already have on hand. If you need some mozzarella for that calzone you're making, double check to make sure you don't already have some cheese that you could use as a substitute in place of that mozzarella in the fridge that you can use instead. So if you do have some cheese, you've just saved yourself $5 at the supermarket. Make this step, step five, the most time consuming and spend the bulk of that free 30 minutes that you've carved out on making a comprehensive shopping list that includes very few extra or unnecessary items. Make sure every item on your list has a purpose. Step six is to go to the grocery store. Make your goal a single trip to the grocery store. Buy what you have on your list, not more. But when you're buying the produce, the fruits and the vegetables, be flexible. I only buy fruits and vegetables that are on sale. So if someone, let's say, wants clementines, but apples are organic and are on sale, they're getting apples. So sorry, but that's how I roll. I only buy the fruits and vegetables that are on sale. Also, don't forget those bulk bins for some extra savings. Again, we just talked about bulk bins, but don't forget about them. Don't avoid them. Maybe you even go there first. Now, I did an entire episode on ways to take home less plastic at the supermarket. If you missed it, it was episode 62. Definitely check it out for five tips to take home less packaging waste at the supermarket. Now, we're on to step seven, the final step, and this is to prep those meals. This is the step where the more you put in, the more you get back during the week. You really do reap what you sow. So 
If you prep right, you can all but sit back, relax, put your feet up during the week, and that is the cold hard truth. Now, what on earth does meal prepping mean? For me and my house, meal prepping means that I do everything I can to make my life easier during the week. Meal prepping could be as complex as making an entire meal or as simple as taking something out of the freezer. So let me talk about that. If on Tuesday I have decided that we will be eating chili as a family, I am going to make that entire pot of chili, the entire thing. I'm going to cook it too. Then once it's cooled, I'm going to keep that chili in its pot and I'm going to store it in the fridge until Tuesday night when I take that pot back out of the fridge, I put it on the stove and I heat it up for dinner. Done. Tuesday night's dinner takes 10 minutes to heat up and then serve to my family. I've done all the heavy lifting when I meal plan on the weekends. Here's some more examples. Maybe I am serving quesadillas one night and I like to sneak in some vegetables into my kids' quesadillas because if I don't, they're not going to eat them. So I puree cooked black beans with some garlic and some peppers, and then I sandwich that mixture in between cheese. So if they see peppers, they're not going to eat them. So I puree them with the black beans, and then I sandwich it in between cheese and quesadillas, and it goes down easy. Sorry, kids. There's my secret. But I'm going to cook those black beans. I am going to then puree those cooked black beans with the garlic and the peppers on my meal prepping day so that come quesadilla night, all I have to do is actually assemble and actually cook the tortilla. Now, meal prepping can be very simple, too. It could be as simple as taking something out of the freezer. If one night I'm doing pasta with pesto sauce, I'm making sure that the pesto sauce that I made in the summer when the basil was freshly picked is out of the freezer and thawed for the night that I want to use it. On prepping day, I may also be prepping breakfasts, but only if breakfasts require prepping. Now, maybe you noticed that oats, for example, from the bulk bin are so much cheaper than oats in the cardboard can or the dreaded oats in those sugary individual packets. Oats where I live in the bulk bin are less than a dollar a pound. If you are like me and you don't have time in the morning to boil the water to make the oatmeal, use the overnight oatmeal method on a Saturday night when you're prepping your meals. I have the recipe in this week's show notes, but you add your oats to a jar, then you add your liquid, for me it's almond milk, and then you add your toppings and sweeteners like nuts and raisins and maple syrup and cinnamon. You put the top on the jar, you store it in the fridge, and there you go. In the morning when you want to eat it, you just heat it up in the microwave, and you have a breakfast that's healthy, that's sugar-free, that's high in fiber, and ding, 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 low plastic. So that's what meal prepping looks like for me. It obviously is different based on what I'm cooking, but I'm not going to lie. The first week I meal prepped, it was really hard. I was in the kitchen for about four hours on a beautiful Saturday, and I cursed my life the entire time. But that's because I made some rookie mistakes. I made a flatbread using my garden fresh tomatoes and a homemade crust. I made seitan pot pie, too, also with a homemade crust. What was I thinking? 
dough takes a long time to rise, right? So since then, I have tweaked some things. I am no longer adding really time-consuming recipes to my weekly meals. I'm just not. I'll reserve those recipes for the special occasions, and, and that's that. These days, it takes me about one hour to 90 minutes to meal prep for the entire week, and I do get that time back and much more by having easy week nights. One final tip here when it comes to meal prepping is that if hanging out in your kitchen by yourself on the weekend sounds like misery, know that I hear that. There are a lot of people out there who do not like cooking and avoid it at all costs. I get it. But I suggest that you do whatever you can to find a way to enjoy it. So for me, here's what meal prepping looks like. I usually instruct my husband on Saturday night that he's in charge of bath time and bedtime. And by the way, I'm very lucky to have a partner who helps, and I absolutely hope you have one as well. But I I go to the kitchen, I put on some tunes, I pour myself a glass of red wine, and I have quiet mom time in the kitchen. It's heavenly, and these Saturday nights, I actually look forward to it. I'm showing how old I am. I love hanging out in the kitchen by myself on Saturday night. But anyway, I truly do. I also get immense satisfaction by knowing that I am doing everything in my power to feed my family healthy meals. That alone makes meal prepping worth it for me because I wouldn't be able to feed them healthy meals during the week when life is crazy and when the pressure is on. I know myself and I know I would resort to takeout or frozen pizza more than I would prefer. Now, one final tip. I I know I just said one final tip, but this is the final, final tip. Give yourself some time to adjust to the change and know that it gets easier in time. It gets faster too. The first time you attempt these seven steps, you are going to feel like a fish out of water and that's normal. It took me at least three weeks of doing these seven steps over and over before I found my groove. As you get better at it, you'll be able to better incorporate the low plastic strategies into your repertoire. And I go so far as to say you won't go back to your old ways. So really quick, just to recap those seven steps. Step one is to find yourself a quiet place for 30 minutes. Step two is to gather your supplies. Step three is to peruse the contents of your refrigerator, your freezer, and your pantry. Step four is to plan your weekly meals by starting with dinner. Step five is to make the shopping list. Step six is to go to the store. And finally, step seven is to prep those meals. I so hope that this episode has been helpful for you and has maybe changed the way you think about feeding your family. I have everything we've talked about today in this week's show notes at mamaminimalist.com forward slash zero nine three. This week's eco tip, if you missed last week's episode, I'm doing this great new thing on the podcast where I feature listeners' best eco-friendly tips. I'm calling it shocker eco tips. This week's eco tip comes from Tracy. Tracy says, 
Use a cup to rinse your teeth when you're brushing. It conserves water and it saves the water that would have otherwise been rushing down the drain as you brushed. So use a cup to rinse your teeth. I love it. Thank you, Tracy. On next week's episode, we are exploring the place where minimalism and motherhood diverge. I will see you then. Have a great week. Take care.